I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Full Press Packers Pod. Part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Senna. No co-host today. Uh, Jesse Hall is unavailable. Hopefully we'll get him back for the uh, recap episode of this Cowboys-Packers uh, game. Uh, unfortunately, there was no uh, recap of the uh, Packers-Lions game. I don't know that anyone really wanted to hear it. Uh, the Packers lost to what I guess technically isn't anymore, but at the time was the worst team in the NFL, at least last place in the standings. Although by beating the Packers and getting that second win, it now moves the Lions ahead of the Texans. Uh, good job, Green Bay, for that. Uh, way to way to share the love, I suppose. Uh, are the Lions and Packers separated by one win right now? That's that's ugly. Uh, yeah, they the, and you know, we talk with Lions' worst team in the NFL. I think the one almost inarguable. Well, you can make the argument for a few teams, but the one aspect where you could really point towards the Lions being bad is on defense. This might be the worst defense in the NFL. The Packers put up nine points, losing fifteen to nine. Uh, I, looking at the stats, I think at one point Jared Goff had like eighty-eight passing yards in the fourth quarter, and or like going in, like in at that point in the fourth quarter, he had through three quarters and plus a little bit had eighty-eight passing yards. So I actually thought the Packers' defense played pretty well. This Lions offense has okay, they got shut out by the Patriots, but there've been games where they're they're putting up forty, almost fifty points. So an explosive offense that kind of felt the Packers' defense kept in check. I mean, you you hold a team to 15 points, should win, right? I mean, we can talk about last year's divisional round. Oh, they the defense held the team to 13 points, and even then there was a the special team score and the offense. The other the opposing offense didn't even score a touchdown yet. That wasn't enough to, for the Packers to win as they lost that game 13-10. And like I'm saying here, it's a very similar feel. That was the 49ers though. That's a great team. This is not 
good that it's against the Lions losing 15 to 9. So, won the score game. But uh, Jesse and I talked about recently, you know, the, the struggles certainly in the Jets game. And Aaron Rodgers struggles. He was missing throws, even short throws, not just the, the deep passes. Because, like, the Packers have not been able to connect on deep passes basically all year. Like, that's that's just been a problem. And that's not even just Rodgers. I mean, if he's he's putting the ball in the right place, that you get drops. And we've had MVS in the past to deal with that. The new MVS is Christian Watson, basically. Uh, but, yeah, it... Uh, in that Jets game, I really felt that Rodgers was playing poorly and missing throws. Uh, there was, he was dealing with a thumb injury. He's been dealing with it, I guess, for a month now. And that seems like it, that was the peak of it and where it culminated for him to really be missing a lot of throws. And his accuracy was very much affected by it. The Washington and, and Buffalo games, it seemed like it was back. In this game, too, I don't I don't think it was accuracy was the issue. I think decision-making and that could be decision-making from Rodgers, but also decision-making from the coaching staff. Um, and I, I don't necessarily want to dive too much into the Lions game because this is supposed to be a Cowboys preview. I don't know how much I can preview the Cowboys other than being incredibly pessimistic. But the one thing that I saw, at least, you know, all year, the Packers have run the football five times inside the opponent's five-yard line. It's what I consider goal-line carries. Uh, in this game, they had two. So entering this game, they only had three. And I'm pretty sure most of them went to A.J. Dillon. And I know in this Lions game, both of them did go to A.J. Dillon. Now, Aaron Jones did get hurt in the game, had the ankle injury. I'm not sure what the timing was, if that ankle injury happened before those Dillon carries. I didn't think so. And so maybe it did. And, they, and you know, the, because ultimately he got held out more towards the, you know, the fourth quarter, second half. But maybe the ankle injury happened earlier in the game was affecting him. But either way, this idea that they're using A.J. Dillon as the primary goal line back, I think is a huge mistake. And I've, I said it all offseason. To me, the, the best running back is still Aaron Jones, whether that's as a, as a receiver, but also as a goal line back with the nose for the end zone, giving that touchdown upside. I just don't think Dillon has that. He's a big, imposing uh, specimen. I mean, really fast for his size, but if that bursts isn't quite there that the instincts to follow the line and, and get that hit those holes as they're opening jones does that so well and that's what i think has allowed him to score so many touchdowns in his career so i really don't get this obsession with using aj dylan as the goal line back to me aaron jones is better at it so they should be aaron jones should get every goal line carry uh, as far as i'm concerned and and just because he's lined up in the backfield you can still throw him the ball too in the red zone i just think dylan should be running between the 20s and that's it. I, I really want Jones to be that goal line back. Now, again, dealing with this ankle injury, it's it appears to be a low ankle sprain, just simply for the fact that they're they're not even sure Jones is going to miss any time. And I think he was a limited practice participant this week. So it's uh, it's one of those things where if it was a high ankle sprain, he wouldn't have any shot to play this week. It's, it's Romeo Dubs, for instance, he has a high ankle sprain. He's out for a month minimum and it could be more we've seen high ankle sprains be uh detrimental to a player over the course of an entire season low ankle sprain you can you know some players don't even miss time with a low ankle sprain so if if that's it seems like that's the case with jones so i'd I'd imagine we can anticipate him playing against the cowboys as much as he is their best skill position player i don't think it's going to make a difference this is i kind of like against the bills a a one loss team i 
I'm I have a hard time seeing anything more than a five percent chance that the Packers can beat the Cowboys. And this one's this one's even on the at home. Like the Bills game was on the road. This is in Green Bay, and I think the Cowboys are like five and a half, six point favorites. I almost don't know if that's enough, and that's awful to say, but that's where we're at right now. And yeah, five percent chance to win this game, and that five percent chance is not even anything the Packers do. It's football is a weird sport. I love football. But it's the the shape of the ball is so strange. It will bounce in so many weird ways. If if you love chaos in sports, football is the sport for you. Anything can happen. Any team can win. We just saw the Jets beat the Bills. We just saw that we have seen the Jets at six and three. That's that's strange and chaotic. That's football. Um, so the Packers have a chance to win, but only because football is strange and anything can happen. There's not anything in this matchup that points to the same thing as the Bills game. That any matchup on either side, offense, Packers offense versus Cowboys defense, or the Cowboys offense versus the Packers defense, or even special teams. There's no area or even, you know, minimize it down to the corners versus the receivers or you know, the running backs versus the linebackers. Any individual matchups. I don't see anywhere the Packers have an edge. And back to the Lions game, the offensive line, I thought, was, was not really good at all. And this is... They finally had their ideal starting five, and probably for the first time all season, in their five spots. And then Runyon got hurt pretty early in that game. Uh, we'll see if he comes back from his concussion. But uh, for for such a poor Lions defense, I thought the Packers' offensive line was really disappointing. And unfortunately against this Cowboys defense, I, I have a hard time seeing how they're going to get much of a push. Micah Parsons might be the defensive player of the year this year, so that's going to be a problem. Whether it's Bakhtiari or Yash Nijman, whoever's on the edge, that's going to be a problem. And so, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how the Packers can win this game, honestly, other than football is chaotic. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott's back. At this point, is he the better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers? I think they're basically the same in that same tier. Prescott might be better, and, and I mean... <sighs> We'll talk about it. I mean, we've already talked about it once this year again with the Bills game of the Packers finally not having the quarterback edge. That that's rarely happened, if ever happened, over the course of Rodgers' career with Green Bay. Even you know playing Tom Brady, you'd think okay, maybe Tom Brady's better, but he doesn't have like a a huge tier edge over Rodgers. These are still two, maybe the two best quarterbacks in the league for a a, a long period of time. So now it's. Uh, I don't know that that list of quarterbacks that are better than Rodgers, and then suddenly teams get an edge on. It's uh, it, it's growing, that's for sure. And I don't know if Dak Prescott's quite there yet, but he's again. I'd say they're the same tier. I don't really see an edge either way, quarterback wise. You give Dallas his weapons like C.D. Lamb, and I think Noah Brown might be back. I mean, I guess their their weapons aren't so deep as a receiving core. But CeeDee Lamb is so much better than any receivers the Packers have that they would get the edge uh, from a, a weapon standpoint. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry to be so pessimistic, but I just I have a hard time seeing how Green Bay is going to come out with the victory here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Interesting dynamic with the coaches in this game. 
you have Mike McCarthy returning to Green Bay, I'm pretty sure for the first time since he's been fired. So uh, that'll be an interesting, you know, welcoming home for McCarthy at the time when I think the Packers and maybe the players themselves, but certainly the Packers fans are probably as dissatisfied with Matt LaFleur as they, as they and I'll say me as well, as we've ever been. Um, you know, three straight seasons of 13-3. and three. Now they're 3-6, and six, and they've doubled their loss total from any season before, like, and they're probably losing this week too, so it's it's the, the losses do keep piling up for the Packers, and uh, it is it is interesting that I think at this point we'd almost rather have McCarthy because he's leading the Cowboys. They've got one loss this year. Seems like he's led them well. Now, I've said it since he'd been, hi- had been hired. I think the Cowboys, by hiring Mike McCarthy, have put themselves better in Super Bowl contention than at any point when they had Jason Garrett. Uh, so upgraded coach there, and I think McCarthy has improved. And I don't even know if it was his choice, but Kellen Mond being on staff, I think that was the, the type of person that the Packers were missing when Mike McCarthy was there. An innovative os- offensive mind that could design plays and use interesting concepts McCarthy didn't have to not be the play caller but I think he needed someone else on that offensive staff in Green Bay helping him design the offense he's got that now with Mon and actually Mon is the play caller so McCarthy just being a a CEO type head coach he's not calling any plays he's not calling the offense certainly not calling the defense or special teams um I think at this point oh man I used to say oh yeah Lafleur is a better coach than Mike McCarthy I'm not sure anymore, and that's scary and sad. Oh boy, this is awful. But speaking of coaching, that brings me to the main topic I kind of wanted to talk about here. So the big news in the NFL this week, the Colts fired Frank Reich as head coach, which makes him the second head coach to be fired, and we'll touch on the first guy in a sec, uh, this year anyway, first head coach fired this year. He was replaced, not by anyone on staff, but the Colts named interim head coach Jeff Saturday. Former Packers player, uh, former offensive lineman, longtime player with the Colts, currently an analyst whose only coaching experience was one year at a of, at the high school level. Now, I think that's the the one thing I've heard a ton of this week immediately was, "Wow, this guy got a job without any qualifications. What is the NFL doing? This is shocking and unprecedented." It's I don't think it's actually that unprecedented. I think the NFL has had a really bad habit of often putting people in place that they're not qualified for. And I think this is just another example of it. So I don't see Jeff Saturday being this huge exception in the Colts completely going off the rails. Well, I mean, they are going off the rails, but they're not the only ones. Um, and the one thing I will say about Jeff Saturday is that longtime player, really intelligent player, uh, center specifically on the offensive line. So understanding entire offensive and defensive schemes He's got the football knowledge for it, so he's qualified in that sense. And I think there is there is also a growing trend in sports. And I've not that I've got a conspiracy theory about this, because I think the implications are pretty straightforward and obvious. Teams are love having former players, whether it's as head coaches or, or general managers, but I think especially as head coach. So even if the player in question has no coaching experience... They've at least got the experience from the player's perspective to know, okay, they knew how they wanted to be coached and and some things like that. The one example I can think of in hockey right, right now is uh, Martin Saint-Louis, former league MVP uh, who was named head coach of the Montreal Canadiens last season. Midway through the season, they fired their coach after an awful start. 
a year after they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, there was a ton of injuries. They lost a lot of key players. Um, but to go from second to literally 32nd in the league, that's a huge drop. And so St. Louis was brought in halfway through to kind of, you know, give his player-centered perspective on, on the game. And, and you know, one of the things he's talked about is, you know, getting rid of systems as everyone has to be in a specific spot, but concepts. If you do this, this is the reaction. If they do this, this is the reaction. Like it's training players' instincts. And I think the the Canadians that finished last season well enough, certainly compared to their horrible start at the, at the start of the season, but they've also like started this year with a winning record. So it seems like even though St. Louis had no experience coming in as, as a head coach, it seems like he was the right guy for the job because he's gotten through to the players. Now, he's also... Actually, in a sense, he's like Jeff Saturday. They were both undrafted free agents who went on to excel in the league. So I think with both St. Louis and Jeff Saturday, they know the entire journey of an NFL player. So they, they, they've been at the very top of their profession. I mean, Jeff Saturday is a Super Bowl champion and at the time was viewed as one of the best centers in the league. Um, but again, undrafted free agents. So, so he's... He himself has experienced the highs and lows of being an NFL player. And Malthane St. Louis is the same thing. Undrafted free agent, had to make his way through the lineups. Uh, you know, joined Calgary as kind of a, a walk-on player, the Calgary Flames. Eventually, they released him, and he signed on with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then his trajectory took off. I'm pretty sure... Like, I don't even think this has ever happened in the NFL, but we can I can look it up maybe and, and see if, if this is the case, but... In the NHL, this has only ever happened once. Malte St. Louis is the only undrafted free agent to ever win the league MVP. He also won the league MVP the year that they won the Stanley Cup. They won the Stanley Cup in the finals. So, again, he's seen the journey of every player from the undrafted free agent guys to the league MVPs. He can relate to everyone, and I think that's the the good thing for St. Louis, and that could be what helps Jeff Saturday in this role. Now, just because it's worked in hockey doesn't mean it's going to work in football. And I mean, other hockey teams trying to replicate it might not work either. So this is really about how good of a coach is Jeff Saturday. And we really don't know until he's in it. Um, but I think the idea is, I think a lot of people are upset because it seems like he just stepped in line. That, you know, the Colts just wanted him, so they named him. There's, there's, Because here's the thing. There are other former players on the staff. In fact... I mean, Frank Reich himself was a former player, but also Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator. And this this almost reeks to me of, of organizational ineptitude from the top down. A week before they fired Frank Reich as head coach, they fired Marcus Brady as offensive coordinator. That I almost wonder if that was a Frank Reich decision to save his job more than anything. I wonder if Marcus Brady was opposed to making Sam Ellinger the starter. Uh, who knows what was going on internally, but it, it seems like a pretty tumultuous situation right now, coaching-wise. And then the coaches that remain, suddenly they've got this other guy coming in from the outside that's now going to be their boss. So we'll see how that all works and operates. Um, I know, I think it was Joy T Taylor on ESPN had, had mentioned, you know, if, if Jeff Saturday was black, would, would he have been able to jump with a line like this and get ahead? I mean, I think she explicitly mentioned Reggie White, Reggie Wayne, former player on the Colts in that heyday Colts era, part of that Super Bowl winning team. And had just as much coaching experience as Saturday. So why wasn't Reggie Wayne named the head coach? Now, it seems like Saturday actually brought Wayne on to the staff. So he'll be part of that team. But why is Saturday the head coach and not Reggie Wayne? Why wasn't Marcus Brady, who had been calling plays all year for them, why was not Why was he fired in the first place? And secondly, why wasn't he just named the interim head coach? So there's, there's a lot there that 
I understand why there's skepticism, but I could also understand from another perspective why it's not so shocking. Again, I, I've I've ranted about this a long time. I think the college coaches coming up and have not coached in the NFL at all, to me, is the same experience as Jeff Saturday is bringing. So I think the two prime examples right now, well, one mentioned earlier, the first coach fired this year was Matt Rule. And to me, and I looked up Matt Rule's experience. So Matt Rule never played in the NFL. He was he had coached one time in the NFL before being hired by the Panthers. He was the New York Giants assistant offensive line coach in 2012. And then, then he went on to get be head coach in college a couple stints before the Panthers named him head coach. But one year of NFL experience as an assistant offensive line coach suddenly makes this guy qualify to be a head coach. And I mean, the Panthers rightfully fired him this year in his third season with the team because I don't think he was doing a very good job. And I don't know that it's necessarily his fault that the person to blame for that is the Panthers. They should never have hired him in the first place. He was unqualified and unprepared for this. Because to me, coaching college is completely different than coaching NFL football. And I can't do either. So maybe I'm not the best person to judge that. But in my mind, it's the, the systems set up in college are completely different than NFL. You're not dealing with professional athletes. You are dealing with students. As much as the NCAA wants to really blur that line between the two, it is a completely different game. It's a completely different sport. So being a successful head coach in college, to me, means nothing. So I think Matt Rule came in with, because at least Jeff Saturday had played in the NFL. He's been in NFL locker rooms for over a decade. I think Saturday is more qualified right now to, to take over this Colts job than Matt Rule was at the start of the Panthers' tenure. Cliff Kingsbury, another example. And at least Kingsbury played in the NFL and the CFL too. Uh, but the same thing. He had never coached in the NFL and suddenly given a head coaching job just because you did well in college. To me, what, what needs to happen, and I think Matt Rule may have tried this with his one stint as assistant offensive line coach with the Giants that one year, but it's got to be more than that. To go from never be, even being a coordinator in the NFL to being a head coach, to me, is a disaster. And guess what? Kingsbury Rule, both have been awful. Matt Rule's already been fired. I think Cliff Kingsbury should be fired. He hasn't been yet. Uh, but So this idea that Saturday is woefully unqualified, I agree with. But that it's unprecedented and the NFL's never done anything like that, I think is erroneous. Because again, I think... Again, at least Kingsbury played, so I can maybe give him some credit as... He's maybe as qualified as Saturday, if not more qualified, because at least, you know, head coach in college, it's got to count for something. I don't think it counts for nothing, like the ability to, to be a leader on the sideline. But again, I think Matt Rule had m much less reason to be a head coach than Jeff Saturday currently does. And I don't think there's very many good reasons for Jeff Saturday to be a head coach, which brings me to the other point. Is this all just a tank job? Are the Colts trying to do what they did in 2011? Okay, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll make Dan Orlovsky our starting quarterback. That'll be great. That'll get us Andrew Luck for sure. Um, maybe that's what this is. Oh, Jeff Saturday. This guy has no idea what he's doing, and it's going to cause complete chaos with the coaching staff and, and in the locker room, and it's going to be a disaster, and we're going to tank down to get what I assume would be C.J. Stroud. Cool. It, it, that might be what the Colts are doing, in which case this Jeff Saturday hiring makes the perfect sense. Actually, they probably should have gone and hired Matt Rule, to be honest. Um you know, he won't win them games. But yeah, we, we have no idea what's going on internally with the Colts. I think it's a great discussion, but these were my thoughts on the matter. So real quick, I'd just like to touch on some of the injuries the Packers are dealing with this week, looking at the injury report. So 
uh, recording this on the on the morning, uh, Friday morning, sorry, of November 11th. So I uh, don't have the full Friday pack practice participation yet, but looking at Wednesday and Thursday's practice, there are three players who did not practice at all. Um, we've got, I already referenced Romeo Dubs and his, what the team has officially already announced as a high ankle sprain. Uh, Eric Stokes dealing with an ankle injury as well, didn't practice. And if that's a high ankle sprain, I, he's probably going to miss a month as well. Um, and then Devondre Campbell, who missed last week with a knee injury, he still uh, didn't practice, but they haven't put him on injured reserve, which tells me it's not something, you know, with huge damage that could cost him the rest of the season. Uh, so expect to see Campbell at some point, and probably not this week though. And then Chris Barnes dealing with a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. So uh, at this point hasn't practiced. I would say he's probably a really long shot to play. So assuming Chris Barnes is out and Campbell's out, that means it's back to Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie, I guess, as the two main inside linebackers. Now, speaking of concussion protocol, Christian Watson has exited the protocol. Uh, so was not listed. He was listed Wednesday as a full participant, which I think is the last step in the protocol. So he is officially out of the concussion protocol. He will be active this week. And with no Romeo dubs, I mean, he's going to be counted on to be more than MVS. He's going to have to catch the ball. So um, we'll see how that uh, how that goes. But uh, yeah, I'd expect the four players I mentioned, Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, Romeo Dubs, and Eric Stokes to all miss time. I was almost a little surprised Dubs wasn't put on the injured reserve, thinking he's probably going to miss a month anyway. And if if somehow he doesn't, he's probably not going to be very effective in that game back. So um, seems like the Packers maybe are optimistic that it would just cost them three weeks and that fourth week he could return. So they, they won't, and he's such an important part of this team that if there's any chance they can get him back before the four weeks... I can understand why you wouldn't put him on injured reserve. Um, so yeah, so I guess uh, we'll just have to see how things progress with the rest of the team health-wise. And like I mentioned, this is a really tough test against the Cowboys. I'm sure the Packers would love to have McCarthy come into town and, and have them beat his team, his new team, the Cowboys. I just I don't think it's going to happen. Cowboys, again, currently I have one loss. I don't think their second loss is happening this week. So uh, yeah. Good luck to the Packers, and good luck to all the fans who will be watching. Um, hopefully we've done the best job we could here talking about a few things. Again, the, the Jeff Saturday, I think, is a is a topic of discussion that's sort of centered around everything. And because he's a former Packer, I felt like we could we could, we could blur that line and, and talk a bunch of the episode about it. But clearly I had my thoughts about it, and uh, hopefully you'd enjoyed those thoughts. If you have your own thoughts and words you'd like to share with us, feel free to do so. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore Packers. Uh, there you'll find the episodes, all the content we put out. Um, and you, of course, you can yeah reach out to us, message us, uh, whether it's about this episode or any thoughts you have Packers-wise, and we'll, we'll gladly answer. Um, you can also follow your co-host individually, Jesse, who isn't here. He's uh, You can follow him at Hall underscore J Hall 1212. I'm at Center Says. And as always, download the full press coverage app. It's available for free on Android and iOS stores. It gives you access to all the great full press coverage content across all platforms, whether it's articles on the, on the website. Which, of course, you can also go to fullpresscoverage.com if you want that. But then the full press coverage app gives you not just that, but also all the podcasts, access to the full press radio network, all of that for free. So download today. Also want to shout out PA the second. He's on Twitter at PA underscore II official. He lets us use the song for your body as our intro and outro music so appreciate PA for that and uh, would encourage people to check out his latest project the album Illa V available wherever you go
So Jesse, any final thoughts? Oh wait, he's not here. But I will give Jesse's final thoughts. And even though it seems like it's really tough odds and they'll be against the Cowboys, we're still going to say go Pack Go. And we'll see you next time on the Full Press Packers Pod. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.